Hello and welcome to Feminist Fridays, your weekly intersectional dose of self-empowerment and equality. I'm your host, Sarah Liberty, coming to your airwaves from Sydney. And this week we have a guest who is dedicated to educating young people about the marvel of maths and banking. Her name is Yasmin Crease Brown, and she's based in Miami. With a banking background, she's turned to nonprofit work and has recently launched Juice Game, which educates kids in a fun way about maths. But before we meet Yasmin, we're going to kick off with a track by Dua Lipa and Elton John called Cold Heart. And this is the now remix because Dua Lipa plus Elton John equals fun.
Yasmin, welcome to Feminist Fridays. Hi, Sarah. Thank you. Happy to be here. Excellent. So, hey, let's get started. I wanted to ask where you grew up and what some of your early influences were. I understand that you've lived in both New York City and Fresno, California, growing up. Yeah. Yeah. So I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Um mm-hmm. And I was raised technically in upstate New York, Albany. Um, And my mom made the decision to move to California for a different lifestyle. And so uh, myself and my two siblings, um, we packed up and moved to the West Coast. um, And from there, we lived in Fresno, California. Um, So as you can imagine, it was definitely a culture shock. I don't know if you've ever been to New York or California. Yeah, Um, you have. Yeah. Yeah. So as as a young child, it was definitely um, something to remember, even down to simple things like um, terminologies Um, on the East Coast. People call call uh, shoes sneakers and on the West Coast, they call sneakers tennis shoes. So it was a lot to, yeah, it was a lot to process and adjust, but adjust to, um, but I would definitely say that moved, prepared me for, um, moving even more later in life and just getting acclimated to new environments. So I understand that once you left home, you studied at American University in Washington, D.C., and graduated with a BS in accounting. Is that a Bachelor of Science? Yeah, it is. So okay. initially, yeah. So I was actually um, supposed to go to school in San Francisco, and mm-hmm. the line was too long to register. So me and my family, we were just like, we'll do it at home. And I had received a letter from American University, um, kind of bragging about how many students graduate with internship experience before they um, head off to the real world. And that was super important to me. I had an internship at a law firm in high school. Um, So I had last minute decided to move to DC um, and kind of leave the nest from California. Um, And I did get a degree in accounting, um, which was rigorous, but great. Um, I think it definitely allowed me to develop like discipline um, and waking up at you know early hours in the morning to go to the library. Um, so I, um, yeah, I, I majored in accounting, but I definitely still had a major creative side to myself as well. Okay. But was finance and banking or accounting something that you were naturally or always interested in, or were you lured into that by some occurrence? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, um, so I was kind of lured into it, <laughs> um, and during my process of going to school, I did a program um, called SEO, and they uh, they had accounting internships, which is what I ideally, you know, was interested in, um, and then, but they had other opportunities as well, and so. Um, just being a networking opportunity and an exposure opportunity as well. I got to see other things that you can do with an accounting degree. 
And so I did fall in love with Wall Street during that program. And I fell in love with other opportunities that I had no idea about. Um, So it wasn't something that I knew, like I thought I wanted to go into at a young age. It was more so something that I was exposed to. Yeah, sure. So you graduated from um, American University in Washington, D.C., and then you went straight into banking, um, and you certainly sound like a very determined individual. Can you tell us about your early career and perhaps what you noticed about the representation of women in the banking arena? Sure. So funny enough, I personally don't feel like the representation of women in the banking world is really um, an issue. Mind you, I I can't really give you numbers um, when it comes to C-suite, maybe positions. Um, I'm, I that that lump, that number, excuse me, is pretty low. <laughs> but general mm-hmm. positions in banking and finance, um, women definitely are very present in the industry. And so I landed a job at HSBC um, doing private wealth, wealth management. Uh, and I was on a fast track program to be to move up in the um, company pretty fast. Um, and I had the opportunity to get the stock brokerage license as well. So I went ahead and did that and passed and got that. Um, and I definitely don't regret that because um, it. I was able to learn about certain, I guess, things that I, I didn't learn during my accounting degree and, and really got to dive into trades and stocks and financial securities. Um, and then I had transitioned into a new position at a different firm doing hedge fund accounting. Um, so as my, my career progressed, um, everything kind of tied together and it, it definitely flowed nicely. And I think the common theme before um, making the transition into a nonprofit or to a nonprofit uh, was math. Wow. You know, I actually used to bank with HSBC when well, I first started banking with HSBC here in Sydney. Um, I had a secure deposit account. And then when I moved to the UK, I was also banking with HSBC there. So we have that in common. I, I'm no longer with them because in Australia I've got another bank account. But um, it's great that you were able to kind of learn so many different aspects of finance. And even though that's not really my area of expertise, it does sound exciting to be able to learn all those different things. Yeah, that's that's awesome that you had an HSBC account. Um, I, they're the second largest bank in the world, at least when I worked yeah. for them. They were, so I'm not. I'm not surprised. Um, but uh, yeah, finance can be super exciting if it's something that piques your interest. There's tons of opportunity in the industry, and I think that um, I, I think people should definitely give it, you know, some thought if they're in the process of considering what they want to do um, mm. post graduation. Yeah, for sure. But so I understand that also following your experience in banking, you then moved to a nonprofit role that helps people break into banking. So what exactly brought about this change in your career? Yeah, so again, to that full circle um, comment. Um, so when I had transitioned into 
the hedge fund accounting position, um, that's really where the lack of representation um, was. Uh, I didn't really see many women like me in the industry. And so that nonprofit or program that I told you that I did earlier, their mission is diversity and inclusion. And so I not only was I trained by this organization and got to ex uh, experience an internship through them, I also experienced why they exist and their mission. So I decided to leave that behind my accounting position and take on something that was more aligned with, I guess, my life and my values. For sure. I mean, diversity and inclusion are huge um, things that I promote and I value so much. Um, so it's great that you were able to find it, you know, sector that you're working in. Um, yeah, I, I applaud you for that. So I understand now that the nonprofit where you work has helped hundreds of young people break into banking. How do you know that you are creating change and shifting the dial so that more women or more diverse people can be represented? What does success look like for you? Yeah, so that's that's definitely a loaded question um, that <laughs> I would love to answer. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, our goal is to get these students a full-time job, essentially, starting from their internship experience and so we prepare the students we prep them for their interviews we give them um you know everything that they need like a toolbox for success to be successful during their internship to land a full-time offer and so every year we see a large percentage of those students uh landing internships with their targeted companies about 80% of those students. Um, so we can really track the success by the numbers in, in that regard. But on a, on a personal level, for me, I think success just means being able to fulfill a dream and or passion of yours in a tangible way that produces results and makes you happy. I think success looks different for everyone. It's definitely not perfect. Like like we are, I think success has different, yeah, success has different nuances to it and um, it can be very layered, but it's definitely personal. And I think for the most part, it, it's tangible and something that you can also feel as well. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's really cool actually that the sector, the banking sector that you're working in was looking to really empower young people and give them tools because I know that not that many, not that many sectors, I mean, from an Australian perspective, do that. I've worked in the media um, for most of my life and I now work in the non-profit sector and I've never been given tools. I've been given a little bit of training here and there and had to learn from mentors, but you really have to go out and find that if you're thirsty for it. So I think, you know, it's really great that you're able to um, really upskill people and make them very prepared for what, what comes next when they're learning. Yeah, I, I agree. I think what we do is super unique. Um, the program has been around since the 80s, so they have wow. years, 
Yeah. They have years of experience and thousands of alumni worldwide. Um, it's really an amazing organization. That's amazing. So I want to talk now about Juice Game. Can you explain, I know this is something, is this something that you created yourself? Yeah, so I developed the concept of the board game. Um, Mm -hmm. And so right now, um, where I am in life, um, I, as I mentioned earlier, I am a very creative person. Mm -hmm. um, And I love pretty much STEM-related things, um, some math included. And so um, I figured that, for me, this was a good way to not only tap into my creative side, but produce something that people can learn from. I think education is super important, and math skills are super important and almost unavoidable. (laughs) We have to use them every day, almost, in some aspects. So... Um, I, I think that playing and learning at the same time can definitely be beneficial for young children. Um, and so Juice is a roll and move board game. Um, and it was inspired by Monopoly. <laughs> it does have a, <laughs> a lemonade uh, stand theme to it. And the purpose of the game is to pretty much get all the lemonade stands in the, in the, on the board game, technically in the industry. Um, and you have to answer math questions along the way. But the math questions are really everyday math questions that we should know. Um, so it's really applicable to real life. That sounds really cool. And that sounds like something I probably should try because I'm a, hum- I'm a humanities kind of English person and my math skills are not so great. Um, I'm not very good at monopoly. I never seem to pass go and get two hundred dollars. I'm always like, <laughs> I can't buy the property in Park Lane. Um, but it would be so good to be able to play a game to, that just makes that kind of learning fun. And I think you just touched on something that's really crucial. Like, I think learning needs to be it needs to be fun for people to absorb it or have an element of fun um, or enjoyment. Uh, So I also wanted to just ask about, you know, the global pandemic that's still lurking around and what kind of impact do you think that that's had on education and and is Juice Game helping to turn things around? Yeah, so I think that we're we're definitely still in the thick of it to see how Mm. it really has affected education. Um, I personally can't imagine going through elementary school or having going through a a, a year or two in elementary school doing it virtually so I do think that in-person school ideally is the best that interaction you get and just the um the experience is really important um but you know I I hope that if the pandemic has affected um which I'm sure it has has affected students in their education by maybe delaying them, interrupting their learning experience. I hope that students can find their way back on track. What I love about Juice is that you can play it at home, you can play it at school, you can play it with your friends, your family. It's it's really versatile. Um, and I do hope that eventually uh, Juice is helping to address maybe some lagged math skills that students didn't really 
get um, to pick up during, you know, that stage in their life. Um, and what I didn't mention is that there is an extension to the game. So um, there's a, uh, I, I would say, an intermediate level and then a beginner's version for the deck. So um, kids as young as like five, four can, can play. And then you know, kids as old as eight plus can, can play no problem as well. You know, I think I need to get the the eight four five version for myself <laughs> to refresh because I have to manage uh, things like accounting and budgeting for the nonprofit that I run, and it's always such a struggle. I really have to outsource it. Um, but I just wanted to also ask, where can people find Juice Game? Is it somewhere something that you can buy in shops, or do you have to order it online? How how do people get it? Great question. Yeah, so we are strictly online right now. Mm -hmm. um, in a perfect world, one day you guys can pick it up at a shop, <laughs> at a big yeah. box store. But for now, it's just online at www.juice.games. Um, okay. It was created by a, the publishing company that I started, It Girl Empire. So they can find, yeah, so they can find us on social media um, and or follow the publishing company uh, it girl empire i-t-g-r-l empire um, on instagram and both of those you can find on on instagram awesome so my next question is as you know this is a feminist segment how has feminism been a part of your journey and just so you know i'm an intersectional feminist so I believe feminism is about equality for all. It's not just about women's rights. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I, I personally um, think that we shouldn't need a title for it. I think that it's common sense and the fact that we have to com constantly remind people that everyone is equal to me is just – I. I get it, but then I, I don't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but for me, um, I am a woman. I, I, yeah, I guess you can, could consider me a feminist. Um, you can see it in the work I do on a day-to-day -day basis by working with the nonprofit and just really fighting for um, equal opportunities for everyone and, and representation for everyone. I've seen it with my own two eyes, the lack of representation. I felt it. I, I felt what that feels like to um, to not really be, um, I guess I'll just say represented. So I think that feminism is is perfect. I think it's great for everyone to um, tag along to um, and, and human rights um, for everyone um, you know, is is important. And until that happens, I think that there's a lot of work to do. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm actually with you. You know, I actually don't think we should have a label for this. It's just to me, it makes sense. Everyone should be equal. Um, and that's kind of the reason I do this podcast is I want to try and promote the fact that feminism isn't, doesn't really need a label. It's just about understanding that everyone is equal regardless of their journey or where they are in life um so I, yeah i can completely agree with you on that point so it's, it's something that is close to my heart as well 
Yeah. And I, um, you know, with uh, politics and just history, I think we are moving closer to um, a more feminist world. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it should be interesting to see um, just how things progress in the next couple years. Yeah, I think it's it is definitely something to watch and it's you know, I, I still get concerned or maybe even angry about the lack of representation of women in different sectors of society, particularly in things like politics. I don't know about the US, but in Australia we're going backwards. Um but at the same time I don't want to say, you know, we all have to be feminists to make this possible. We all just have to treat each other equally and, like you said, respect human rights. So I've got one final question for you, which is where can my listeners find you, follow you and connect with you if they want to learn more about your company and Juice Game? So feel free to plug your website and any social media profiles here. Okay, yeah. So uh, my personal profile you guys can find me at yasmin iman y-i-s-m-i-n-e underscore iman um or you can follow um the publisher company that published uh juice games at it girl empire and or mm-hmm. follow uh juice games at um on instagram as well and our handle is the juice game awesome Well, I hope that you get to entice lots more young people and I think the work that you're doing is super important because we all need maths in our lives, even though sometimes we might be a little bit scared of it. Um, (laughs) But I really thank you so much for joining us today, um, especially from Miami, and it's been a delight to speak to you. Thank you. It It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, we have served you another fierce episode of Feminist Fridays. But before you tune out, I am serving you a track by Pink PRC called Symptomatic. Because I think Yasmin's game is symptomatic of an educational good time. Don't tell my doctor that I'm day drinking again. Cause they'll say it's cause I've got a problem keeping friends He says I feel the void of boys and old men But I think he likes me, maybe I'm a narcissist So I think I'm good, this time I'm sure It's different than before And he said, hey, I know you're okay But don't throw out your Had a hole that needed love Call me a skeptic but I can't
Time to send to me.